Check left. One, two. Check right. One, two. Ah, hiya, hiya. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. But the most exciting and the far the most important part of our Florida project, in fact, the heart of everything we'll be doing in Disney World will be our experimental prototype city of tomorrow. Miska, Mosca, Mickey Mouse. W, w Radio, your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 542. And I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best possible vacation experience when you go to the parks, or in this case, the cruise line, but I'm also here to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are, not just with the podcast, but with my videos, live broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night, community, books, tours, special events, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com and be part of the community and conversation by going to www.radio.com slash community. So this week, I invite you to join me aboard the Disney Magic on Disney Cruise Line as we recap and review Marvel Day at Sea. We're going to take a look at all the special activities, events, characters, dining, of course, merchandise, and surprises that make this cruise something that's not to be missed for any Marvel fan, even if you're not a Marvel fan yet. I'm also going to have the answer to our last Walt Disney World not-so-trivia question of a week, and I'm going to pose a new challenge, which is really easy, for your chance to win a Disney-slash-Marvel Day at Sea very special prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll have some updates and announcements, including details about our next Meet of the Month in Walt Disney World, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. When Disney announced that it bought Marvel in 2009, it literally merged two of my favorite worlds, and they very big, quickly began to integrate that marriage on screens, both big and small, with um, TV shows on like Disney XD, like Avengers Assemble and Ultimate Spider-Man, yay! And in the parks overseas, and then eventually domestically, and soon thereafter, at sea uh, in fall 2007, when they had their very first Marvel Day at Sea from New York on the Disney Magic. And I had seen in the past some of the kids' play areas in the Oceaneers Club. Um, and I, I say kids' play area because we're all sort of kids at heart on some of the other ships. But recently, I was invited to experience Marvel Day at Sea for the first time on a five-day voyage from Miami on the Disney Magic. And this week, we're going to take a look at exactly what Marvel Day at Sea is, what it entails, who it's for, how to get the most out of this specially themed day aboard the Disney Magic, and 
of course, the food that you can find on board as well. And joining me are a couple of friends, fellow invitees to the media event, and I've come to find fellow comic and Marvel nerds. First, it is Jeremiah Good from LaughingPlace.com. Jeremiah, welcome. Thank you very much, Lou. It's a pleasure. And Scott Atwood from the MainStreetMouse.com. Thank you, Lou. Happy to be here. It's, uh, it's good to have you guys. Like I said, we had a great time on the cruise. We'll certainly get to that. But as we've been talking, we've known each other for years from seeing each other at events. But obviously, this is not just the first time that you've been on the show, but we had a chance to catch up a little bit and find that, you know, deep down we're all, um, and Marvel is like being a comic book fan is the new black. Like all of a sudden it's cool to be a comic book fan. And we're doing this over a video chat and I can see in your backgrounds, Funko pops and collectibles and stuff like that. So very quickly, um, Scott and then Jeremiah, tell me a little bit about your, your Marvel and Disney fandom and how, um, how early it started for you? Oh, for me, Marvel started when I was a kid. I just remember walking up to the local party store and they had the comic rack and uh, I was intrigued what these different characters were doing. And it was my escape from the real world to, to read the comics and dive right in. And um, I did that almost my whole childhood. And then as I became an adult, I didn't have time for comics. Actually, I didn't have the money <laughs> for comics <laughs> to keep going. Um, so um, as an adult and uh, when I met my wife and then she loved Disney and she got me into Disney and going to that way and seeing things. And then um, my Disney love grew. And then when Disney and Marvel um, combined, my my thing as a childhood came back to me 100%. So I was able to dive right back into the comics. My older son loved it. He dove into it. So me and him were going to the comic book store all the time, buying new stuff. He has his favorite characters. I have mine. It just became something for me and him to bond with. And it's just grown since then. And now when they introduced the MCU and all this other, it's just, I just love the entire universe that Marvel created for us all. Uh, for mine, I was started at Disney. Well, when I was a kid, I lived in the shadow of Disneyland in California. So each year from age four, pretty much on, I would visit the, I do the yearly pilgrimage to Disneyland. So that grew my love. Um, I can remember walking into a 7-Eleven down the street from my house when they used to sell comic books. Yes, they used to sell comic 7-Eleven. <laughs> and one of the first comics that I bought just because it looked cool was they used to do an encyclopedia of Marvel characters. And they did that with Marvel and DC. And it was just all the random Marvel characters and it told about their histories and everything. And I got into it, but I wasn't deep into Marvel. It really wasn't until... I collected comics almost all my life and Marvel was off and on, but 2008 with Iron Man, the film, that's where my Marvel geekdom really sprung to life. And ever since then, I mean, the three of us spent time on the ship on a Disney cruise instead of enjoying <laughs> everything talking Marvel. So we're geeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my, you know, my origin story is, is very much the same as a kid. I grew up going to the corner store, Belvedere Variety Store, where they had the squeaky spinner rack mm -hmm. with the comics that were in it. Uh, I remember as a kid, uh, very early on, gravitating towards Spider-Man. We talk about characters that are that are very relatable. I was, still remain, I think, <laughs> the nerdy kid. So he very much spoke to me in a lot of different ways. Um, so I had, and I still, if you look behind me, I still like some of my toys from uh, a kid and then I started collecting my parents had an antique store and I'll never forget we did an estate sale and I went up in this very musty you know hot um, 
attic and in a drawer I found this uh, hardback comic strip book for, of Mutton Jeff from like the early 1900s, 1910s. And I was fascinated by the fact that it went back and it was something so old. And I started collecting after a number of years. I eventually gave my brother, who still collects and has thousands of comic books, uh, my collection. And I sort of stay um, in my lane, really, with just Spider-Man stuff, especially the old stuff. Um, so hearing of a Marvel Day at Sea cruise was like the angels sang. I, I have done the Star... Have you guys ever done the Star Wars Day at Sea cruise before? No, no. no. So uh, what about cruise experience, like Disney Cruise Line experience? Have you guys had you cruise before this? Uh, I, I was on the Disney Flash. Yeah, so did I, the Disney Dream. Okay. Um, so I have been a Disney Cruise fan for a long, long time. Um, if you've never done it before, I have many shows explaining to you why and how easy it is to get hooked. Um, I had done the Star Wars Day at Sea as a group a number of years ago and really enjoyed it. Again, you know, growing up, again, I hit level 50 recently. So, you know, 1977 Star Wars was a, a momentous occasion in little nine-year-old Lou Mangello's life. Um, and I loved... The Star Wars Day at Sea and what it was, it was very, we did one of the very early sailings of it, but when I heard about um, Marvel Day at Sea, like my little seven-year-old brains fell out of my head excited about what the possibility could be. So if you if you don't know, if you're unfamiliar with what Marvel Day at Sea is, uh, it's available on select sailings on the Disney Magic. So for 2019, there's a total of 10 sailings, I believe this year they're only going out of Miami in the past. I believe they've done some. And I think in the future, they're going to continue to do some out of New York um, as well. So um, they're, they're, it's not on every sailing. It's not from obviously every port. Um, one thing when we talk about, you know, our expectations of it, when I did the Star Wars Day, and I'm laughing because it, it sounds ridiculous when I say it out loud. But when I talk about expectations, it very clearly says Star Wars Day at Sea, Marvel Day at Sea. I went on board figuring it's going to be a week-long, you know, Star Wars cruise, and it's not. There's a single day that is devoted to the Star Wars, and obviously, in this case, the Marvel Entertainment. Scott, and then and then um, uh, Jeremiah, tell me your expectations when you heard about and, uh, again, you know, got the invite to come on the cruise. Well, my expectation, I, I'm not even sure what it was because... Being in the Orlando area, we don't have Disney and Marvel in any combination here. I mean, the person down the street has it, but it's not, I don't enjoy it. I, I prefer, I want to see what Disney can do within Disneyland having theirs. I wanted something Marvel so bad from Disney here. So I guess I just wanted to see what they could throw at us, like what type of shows, what type of food, entertainment value. And I, like you, I was hoping it would be all week. I knew it wasn't going to be, but I was hoping we'd be able to get on the ship and for a week solid, we would see nothing but Marvel. Um, and being on the dream before on a cruise, I kind of knew what to expect with Disney Cruise Line. So I was trying to use that as a gauge for what they could actually do with um, this, the shows and things like that. And my curiosity was aroused, though, for the nighttime show, what it was going to be on that deck, what we were going to see at the end of the day, what was going to be our cap for the finale, um, which we'll get into later. But that that blew me away. So I, my expectations, I set them high, but Disney beat my expectations, I guess is the best way to say I, I kept telling Michelle before we went on the ship, I'm like, I don't want to be disappointed. I don't want to set my expectations so high and then we get there. It's it's a letdown and it wasn't at all. I was, I, I wanted to go on another one the next week. I mean, it was just, I had so much fun and if I could afford it, I'd be on all 10 of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, if we could have done back to back, we would have. 
exactly. Just exactly. got right off, got back on. Exactly. No, I, I was very much the same as Scott, where I kind of had an idea. Um, I did a little bit of spoiler searching early on to try to get the the full details. You know, I just kind of did a rundown going, okay, I understand, you know, the Marvel day at sea, it makes sense. It's a day at sea, the one of those filler days. Um, but I didn't expect it to be so much. Um, there was a media invite one day for the Star Wars day at sea. And, and I was kind of, I'm a Star Wars fan, just like you, Lou, that changed my life. But for me, the Star Wars day at sea stuff, just they showed us, seemed interesting but i just couldn't see it being as interesting for an entire day like meet and greets yes but we also know star wars inside now marvel has you know what a million characters <laughs> and there's so much to see and do i kind of went in going okay well let's see you know how bored i become midday and the only reason that I became bored at some point during midday was because I ran away from everything because it's so overwhelmed. But my expectation was lower than when I walked on than I should have been. And I was blown away just like Scott. Yeah. I kept my expectations in check. Although my internal nerdy giddiness was like, I the dial was turned up to 11. Uh, I ended up going with my son so we were really excited. He's a huge comic book fan as well. So not only was this going to be a great father-son, you know, bonding experience, but it was over Marvel. So we were ecstatic. Just like on the way down to the ship, we were listening to all the Marvel movie soundtracks and just talking about stuff and reading comics in advance. And we got on super early because I just I couldn't wait to get there. I couldn't wait to see what was what and, and fully expecting not to see any Marvel stuff until the day at sea on Wednesday. But even when we got into the atrium, they had that um, cool photo opportunity uh-huh. backdrop <laughs> that was there in the entire cruise. And it was almost like it was like a coming attraction poster, like letting like this is just a hint of what's to come. It had nothing more than the logo and some symbols from some of your favorite characters. It's that great sort of, you know, Instagram purple gum wall photo <laughs> opportunity backdrop. But it did like that got us excited. And every single day we almost you know, we wanted the days to go faster so we could get to Wednesday um, as soon as possible. No, I was just going to say that I was the same way when I walked on the ship and I saw the the, the display to take your picture by. And we had to go down a level to get there. That was the first picture I wanted on the ship because I told myself, I said, I want to get it now. There's nobody else here. Come take my picture. <laughs> I just I had to have that um, just because to me, that was like, OK, this is going to be the start of my week. This is for me. Marvel is what I wanted to see. So for me, seeing that right at the beginning, just it set the set my pace for the week. And we were clearly not alone. You know, we walked on board, my son and I wearing Marvel shirts. We were certainly not alone in terms of a lot of people that I think we're we're doing it because they're fans and sort of letting other people know like, hey, you know, I'm 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 on board for this cruise, but I'm staying for the Marvel stuff. And obviously, when Marvel Day at Sea came, it was um, it. it was grown exponentially in terms of the number of people. And we'll talk about the guests as much as we will, the cruise itself. But I'll tell you that morning, it was like Christmas day for us. Like my son and I couldn't sleep. So we got up early and just couldn't wait to get out up on deck just to start to see what, if any, anything was happening already. The first thing that we noticed because we did get out so early were 
um, some of the decor and ambiance around the ship. And there wasn't a ton. I don't know. Maybe in my mind, I sort of just wanted it to be, you know, decorated like Marvel all throughout the ship. It wasn't. There was a <laughs> number. New York. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, we did see that in some locations. Right. We'll sort yeah. of get to what they did in some interior locations. Um there were banners located throughout, and this I almost made a really bad Bruce Banner joke, but I won't. Um, but out on uh, deck 10, um, sorry, deck nine, as well as outside of cabanas, there were sort of a lot of um, standee banners for a lot of the different characters in the MCU. And later on in the day, like my son and I were like, where's the music? Like, where's the visuals? And later on in the day, they started not only playing movies on Funnel Vision, but just some background loops of Stark Industries and some things like that. And then as the the MCU music started to play throughout the ship, that's when he and I sort of looked at each other like, all right, like things are things are going to um, start happening. And one thing I noticed, speaking of, of the overhead music, I don't know if you guys were paying attention, throughout the day, especially early on, there were a number of overhead announcements over the PA. Those were great. Right, Those about the Stark Expo and Peter Parker. And, you know, when usually when you hear those interruptions, they're either telling you it's time to get off the ship or time to get, or some sort of important announcement. But these were, you know, calling out for Peter Parker or um, uh, some coming attractions for the quote-unquote Stark Expo that was coming later on that night. The one that I liked, the first one I heard was uh, Thor. Your your bags arrived. Nobody else can pick it up. Can you come pick it up uh, because uh, it was his hammer. And nobody else could grab it. So I thought that that got me going right away. I was like, if this is going to be the whole day. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, I was much like you, Lou. I got up early and was walking the decks, and I can remember coming out of Cabanas and seeing the different banners as I'm walking it, and it was just it helped build the excitement. And then, of course, we all got to meet you know, some of our favorite characters first thing in the morning. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all, as right before we started recording, we all sort of held our, our navigators up to the camera because that's really the thing that um, got us ready for the day. If you've never cruised before, you get well, what is now a one-page navigator, which is your schedule of the following day's activities in your stateroom at night. My son and I went over it like we were huddled around it um, you know, like it was the Sears Christmas catalog or the Toys R Us Christmas catalog going through and circling some of the things that we wanted to do. And the first thing that I noticed was, holy cow, there's a lot of stuff going on, starting from very early. I think it looks like nine o'clock in the morning is really when the Marvel stuff kicked off. And that's one of the things that got us probably up very early so we wouldn't miss anything, although we did. But... Uh, I love the fact that it was sort of um, made to look like many things throughout the day, made to look like a comic and just how packed that schedule of events really was. Yeah, definitely. When I when I was going through mine and I know we had um, we had our character meet and greet first thing in the morning um, with Spider-Man, Panther and Iron Man, which was awesome. Um, but then I was just, I was waiting to get out of there just so I could go experience so much more that day. Cause I, like you, the night before I got the navigator and I sat there and I was writing on a sheet of paper next to it. Okay. I want to do this. I want to do this. I was trying to figure out how to get the times to work to where I could get everything I wanted to do. And unfortunately there was just no way to do everything I wanted to do. Um, but I still walked away there excited because of everything I did get the chance to see do and Disney did, they, they did such a wonderful job representing Marvel. It was just amazing. Yeah. yeah like- it was nonstop. Like there wasn't a time where you couldn't look at the navigator. I, I was on my phone on the navigator app before 
we got the daily navigator going through. And I went with, and uh, I'll talk a little bit more about this later on. I went with somebody who is not a big Marvel fan. And she was very iffy about it. Like she loved cruising and I've gotten her to watch the Marvel films, but she wasn't a huge Marvel fan. So this day for her was almost a test for me for how good Disney cruise line could do. And it, it, they passed with flying colors. Well, let's sort of just take a quick, quick aside to that point, because we talked about how we wished it was a five Marvel day at sea cruise something marvel every single day and it's not and and it's obviously like that very deliberately because if you make a five-day marvel cruise it's not it's going to be for less people than just a regular cruise that has a single Mm -hmm. marvel day at sea one of the things and as we start to go through the schedule more we'll see is one of the things that i like that they did was they had enough activities for the super marvel nerd and they also had a number of activities specifically for those people who might just be dipping their toes into the water, whether they were being dragged into the water or wanted to dip their toe into yeah. the water by husbands or wives. But dipping their toes into the Marvel waters, whether it's going through some of the comics or even some of the activities that we'll get to. Um, but let's sort of, you know, you mentioned the characters, and I think that was very clearly one of the the big parts of the day and I'll and I'll tell you honestly I'm not normally like a character meet and greet guy I'm I don't go and, and stand online except maybe if it's Spider-Man out in Disneyland hopefully eventually in Walt Disney World but character interactions and character meet and greets and, and meet and greet is almost um, an unfair way to put it because of the the character experiences that you have there's basically the way I looked at it was four different types um, you had the traditional stand in line, get to meet a character, um, and, you know, not so pro tip. If you wanted to meet one of those characters, you needed to get there early. Um, you know, you knew what the schedule was in advance. But the reason why the lines were long was specifically because they had lengthy, engaging interactions with every single guest. It wasn't just photo sign, photo sign, move along, move along. Like, I watched and stood by the, the characters just to sort of watch the interaction. So, um, for example, Loki and Thor um, were one of the the longer um, stand-in-line. Captain America had one as well. They had a backdrop of Heimdall's observatory there. But every single character interacted with every single guest as if they were the only person in line. So there was a payoff, I thought, for the time that you and or your family would wait in line. So did you guys stand in line to meet Thor or Captain Marvel or Loki or Captain America? I did for Thor and it was like, I've done character experiences from here to Shanghai where it's, you know, no matter what it's, here's a picture, quick interaction. Thor came over, introduced himself, talked to me and took the time. And it wasn't, and it, and this is also the experience I think I've had with all my Disney cruise experience. It's above and beyond anything you've experienced in any parks before. And they showed that not only were these characters great, but they also had knowledge. Like that was one of the things Thor, Captain Marvel, when I first interacted with her, I asked her about her cat. She started telling me stories. So they know their stuff. Yeah, definitely. Same, same for us. We, um, 
Michelle's a Loki fan, so we had to wait in line for Loki. Uh, which by the time we got there, he was actually leaving. So we had to wait for, ended up getting Thor instead of Loki. But it was the same way. He introduced himself, uh, talked a little bit. Um, he, he was Thor. I mean, he knew Thor's history. He knew what he had been through. And it, I thought it was great on Disney's part that they actually um, educated them so much that they could share all those experiences with us that they've been through. Scott, what do you mean? That is, oh, they sorry. are. Right, right? What are they you are, talking about? They are Thor. That's right. That's well, and, right. and they have to be, right? Because you know that you're going to get you know, those of us and even the kids who know more than the parents about the characters and, and who they are and their cat's name. So, and, and speaking of those character interactions, we were on the inaugural cruise for the debut of Captain Marvel at sea. And we were very fortunate to be able to meet Captain Marvel before she met other guests. And I will never forget, we all went into... um Right, we went to, to D Lounge, D Lounge, uh, -Lounge yeah, and there was a, a shield backdrop there. And when she came out, we all were kind of going, "Is that Brie Larson?" Like she looked yeah. just like she stepped off the screen, and not just in terms of her face, but the costume was exceptional. And for all intents and purposes, you're, she was Captain Marvel. I mean, she knew everything. She had the mannerisms down, like. I was nervous to meet her. Like I was giddy. Like I, you know, and I think that's one of the things that these character interactions do, even for those of us who are quote unquote adults is, you know, we, we we're all in, man. We're all in on that experience. And for us, you know, we are meeting Spider-Man. We are meeting Captain Marvel. I know about the yeah. Captain Marvel one. When we were waiting to get in there, Jeremiah and I were kind of at the front of the line, like waiting, like let us in there. And he kind of blew me out of the water, pushed me aside. I'm going in without you. Yeah, I was elbowing people. He was. That, was. that was one of my favorite things was we got in there and they did the introduction and she came out and did the stances and looked perfect. One of the things that I, I was more than a little starstruck. And then I'm sitting there taking pictures as we all were. And they're like, okay, get in a single file line. And I'm still taking pictures. And I put down my camera and I go, okay. And I turn and I'm the first person in the line. I'm just like, <laughs> uh, 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 and I walked up to her and she right away just was perfect. And um, I don't know if you had a Lou jumping topics a little bit. Uh, Brian Crosby, who you spoke with, when I talked to him and he's works for Marvel and he talked about, captain marvel and how he i mean he works for the marvel company he called her out as the best captain marvel you could possibly have and she was amazing yeah yeah and and i you know i was watching you guys especially you jeremiah there was a few times in and her being one of them that your expression when you are taking that picture, you are seven-year-old. I don't. I never met oh, seven-year-old yeah. Jeremiah, but you were like giddy, you know. And I think that's that's what these type of things do. Like I said, even for somebody who's not normally, you know, a character person uh, himself, but I think that's how we all felt, especially meeting her for the first. And even after we were done with our pictures, nobody left the room. We all just sort of yeah, hung we out there. We weren't, just, out. <laughs> we weren't just being her aura, like not in a weird kind of way. Um, Wait for her to do a training class or something afterwards. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's other, so in addition to sort of the traditional, you know, you see on the schedule, you know, what time Thor is going to be where, they also have pre-reserved 
ticketed experiences. So when your onboard booking window opens online, you can go and book these ticketed experiences. You can also do it on embarkation day. If you go over to guest services, that's why I always suggest getting on board as early as you can. Um, this way, not only can you get your preferred time, but you can get a time because these book up. And then what will happen is the night before you'll get your meet and greet tickets basically in your, in your stateroom. And again, I think there was really two different types of the pre-reserved ticketing experiences. One was the Groot, heroic encounter which was an animated animator's palette um which i dug groot was alone he speaks um and you know he was groot everything he said was completely appropriate which is i am groot but (laughs) it made perfect sense to me in context um again we we had time there was a, a themed backdrop to meet him but for me it was that D Lounge Mission New York heroic encounter with Spider Man, Black Panther, and Iron Man. And I almost have a tough time calling it D Lounge because they blacked out all the doors and all the windows, and you walked in and you did not recognize that that was the same D Lounge space. No, it was the same lounge we were in when we met Captain Marvel, and it looked 100 times different. So it was just, it was, I walked in there and I was like, oh my gosh. This is just the most awesome. And I, I felt like I was seven years old again, seeing these characters and being able to go talk to them and take a picture. I was kind of nervous. I'm not going to lie. I was nervous <laughs> to these characters. Well, it was dark, you know, right? They had all the lights down and they had some themed lighting and they had the Marvel music in the background. And there were the three different appropriate backdrops for each of those characters. And we sort of met them in order. Spider-Man, then Black Panther, and then Iron Man. I, I want to hear from you first about what your experiences was. So, so, so Jeremiah and then Scott, you're, tell me about your Mission New York Heroic Encounter meet and greet experience. Well, my experience, I think, was much different than anybody else's. Um, last year at San Diego Comic-Con, Marvel put out, they always put out special merchandise, and I bought the hot ticket, which was an I Survived the Snap shirt. And it had Thanos' <laughs> glove. So I'm the first, I'm, I'm walking and I get up to Spider-Man and he looks at my shirt and he just kind of goes, oh, so I gave him a hug. So we <laughs> interact a little bit like that. And, uh, you know, he, he was Peter Parker. He was like, I would have paid money to see him take off the mask and it wasn't Peter Parker. Um, he was great. And again, they knew everything. Went over to the King and he had this do the Wakanda forever salute and take the picture. And he also got a hug because, you know, surviving the snap, I was lucky. <laughs> um, and, it, you know, it's, it's such a unique thing with those characters, especially since people in Florida have not experienced in the Disney parks, the Marvel characters that can talk to you. So it's Spider-Man walks up with the mask Black Panther has his mask on, but they still talk to you. It's not a face character. It's not a Mickey or Minnie who used to talk to you. It is they are really talking to you as a human being. Iron Man, uh, he only had a few things to say, but he was very talkative um, and sounded incredibly like uh, Robert Downey Jr. or Tony Stark, as we call him. But it was... It really was like you walk into the film backdrops. 
Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. When when I walked in the room, the first thing I heard because as you walked in, you saw Tony Stark to your right, and you could or Iron Man, you could hear the voice, and I was. From that minute, I just kept listening to the voice because I thought, like you said, I thought it was Robert Downey or Tony Stark's voice coming mm-hmm. through there without a without a doubt. So made our way through the line and we got the Spider-Man and I had my Captain America uh, hockey jersey on. And when I got there, Spider-Man looked at me and he said, please don't tell Cap about the shield. He hates when you bring that up. And, I mean, <laughs> and it was the reference back to Civil War. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that he just that he's it is Spider-Man. He's engulfed in everything he's been through in the MCU. And he, he brought that up. And he even said to me as we were walking away, he goes, please don't say anything to Cap. He really doesn't like when you mention the shield thing. He, he gets mad at me every time. And it was just so, so unique. And so made the experience my own by doing that. And then going over to the King and again, the Wakanda salute. Um, very nice to talk to him. He just, it, it was, it was the character from the movie that I just loved the, the voice, the, 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 way he spoke and um, talking about Wakanda and what he was going to do and about the, I didn't bring up the snap. I didn't want to make him mad at me. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to do that. Um, and then going over to Iron Man and just being in the full suit, the full armor and just sitting there looking at it and going, wow, that is just fantastic that, that his costume or his, he had his full armor on and able to talk to us. And you, like you said, Robert Downey Jr. Speaking, it just, it blew me away. The whole experience blew me away. So we you we all mentioned something that we sort of glossed over. You know, we all woke up that morning. We all packed our bags appropriately and made sure we had something Marvel related on once or sometimes a couple times throughout the day. You had your hockey jersey. You had your shirt. I had my Spider-Man homecoming hoodie on. I didn't care that it was 95 degrees outside. I was wearing the hoodie. And <laughs> you both took literally the words right out of my mouth. Jeremiah. Spider that was Peter Parker as Spider-Man. He said and sounded, he said all the right things. He sounded just the right way. And to your point, Scott, it was a very personal interaction, right? They were not just repeating lines and these are the 10 things I'm allowed to say. You had a conversation with Peter Parker, you know, with T'Challa and even with Iron Man, right? So he's in the costume. If you've ever interacted with the stormtroopers before, your conversation in terms of how deep it goes is relatively limited. I felt that the responses I was getting from Iron Man were much more appropriate for the things we were talking about. So there was a wider scope of what he could say, how he said it. He sounded just like um, Robert Downey Jr., but probably not so close that they would actually have to pay Robert Downey Jr. So (laughs) it was very easy to lose yourself in that environment you know, and I again, I, I like to watch the guests as much as I like to watch what I'm doing to see their interactions and see how nervous everybody gets. And when they, you know, when they get up in front of those characters and start to talk to them, we all buy into it. You know, we all buy into what that experience is. And, and I like the way that they did it in that environment in terms of of theming it, making it private, you felt like you were getting something special. There was no cost to it. Anybody can register for it. It was just a matter of finding the time and and, and, and being able to make a reservation. Another way that you could meet characters, though, is that they were freely roaming around the ship. And unlike the first Star Wars day at sea, there were a lot of characters everywhere. So Spider-Man, Black Widow... Black Widow, (laughs) Hawkeye, Doctor Strange, Star-Lord, a not-so-chatty Gamora, uh, and Captain America. There were no set times or locations on your navigator. 
but I was walking to the elevator and and Black Widow was just standing there by herself, just sort of hanging out like it was early in the day. So we had a conversation. We took some pictures. We took a couple of more pictures. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm not trying to make it creepy, but it was not hard to meet all of those characters if you wanted to because they were freely roaming around from on deck to in the atrium to the lobby to the adult areas to, um, you know, different locations throughout the ships. Did you guys seek out some of those characters and, and get a chance to interact with them too? Yeah, I, I, one of the first things that I did when, after we did our initials, um, ticketed, we headed down to the atrium and I'm like, okay, I want to find Black Widow. Not to sound like slew or anything, um, but as soon as I came down the stairs, like boom, she was right there, and she was just as good as Captain Marvel as everybody else. Like they know their stuff. And then I turned the corner, ran into Hawkeye. Turned another corner, there was Star Lord doing a dance off with guests in the atrium. My favorite was later in the day when. Um, as they were about to start heading in to get ready for the nighttime show, I walked down one of the halls and Star Wars just sitting there leaning against the wall. He had a couple of girls taking pictures, talking to him. And <laughs> I sat there and talked to him for about 10 minutes and he just beat for beat knew everything, told me about rockets stealing the ship, how it's in the ocean and how they're trying to save it. And it was nonstop. Perfect. Yeah, that was, we were walking, we were going to, I don't know if we were going to breakfast or we were just going for a walk, but uh, as we passed the atrium, Hawkeye and Black Widow were just standing there talking, and it, it was it blew me away because they're, they're friends in the MCU, so to see them standing there talking, it's like, wow, they really do hang out together, and then we, <laughs> we of course, stopped them, and we took our pictures with them and talked to them for a few minutes, and like you said, beat for beat, they knew everything that was Black Widow, that was um hawkeye there's no doubt in my mind that they they lived those experiences they talked about the way they the way they knew them so well and then we kept walking we ran to star lord and i was excited because just to see star lord he's he's cool so i wanted to get my picture with him and it was just it was fascinating to see the characters just wandering the ship that they weren't he's going to be in this spot from this time to this time it was just they were out throughout the ship you never knew when you were going to run to him dr strange was the same way when i ran to him he was just walking and I was like, oh my gosh, Dr. Strange. And he goes, hello, and turned around. We took a picture really quick, and then he kept walking. It was just, I enjoyed that so much. It was so much fun. Well, and I like those encounters because they're surprises, right? They're, they're not things that, okay, we've got our schedule laid out. This is where it's going to be. Right. When you get those surprise encounters and it was, OMG, take my camera and take a picture because here's Star-Lord or Spider-Man. Um, and it just sort of happens, you know, naturally and organically. Um, I, I love that as well. And I guess sort of the... And oh, by the way, they all, um, everybody signs autographs, um, I think other than Iron Man and Groot, right? Do I think they, yeah. they have a, yeah. they don't, they, they're the only two that don't, um, yeah. yeah, but, and, and we'll talk about merchandise too, but they actually had cool, uh, Marvel Day at Sea autograph books that had, uh, uh, the left side you can put your photo and on the right side you can use for the character autograph, but the fourth type of sort of marvel character interaction i thought I, I would put here were the the mickey and his pals sort of marvel bounding for lack of a better word yeah. like they weren't really in costume but you know mickey was they look they were all sort of dressed like marvel fans you know mickey had his captain america shirt on i loved 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 the fact that Minnie had spider gwen costume mm -hmm. 
Um, I think Thor and Loki were Chip and Dale. Goofy was Iron Man and Daisy was Scarlet Witch. Oh, Black Widow. And I'm missing... Uh, who am I missing? Donald was Hulk. Donald was Hulk. Yeah, yeah. So we saw them a number of times in shows, but there was also a lot of um, photo encounters with those guys too. Well, the way I took it was they were kind of just like us. They were fans of the Marvel characters, so they were walking around just like we all had our shirts on or our hoodie or whatever. Our favorite character, they were wearing their favorite character as they toured the ship. So I just thought it was cool that they they stepped out of the spotlight for that day almost. And the Marvel characters became the spotlight for the day is the way I took it. Yeah. And they were everywhere. I mean, they, that's one of the great things about characters on the ship anyway, is they're everywhere. Like you don't turn a corner without running into a character. And it also helps with lines. Yes. Some of the characters had longer waits, but Chippendale were down in the atrium with goofy and it was, you walked in the atrium, maybe waited two minutes. Chippendale were having fun. Goofy played Iron Man perfectly. He had the the swagger and everything. And it was Daisy and Minnie were beyond anything I've ever experienced in the parks, how much fun they were, especially while they're Marvel bounded. And I think you made a great point because no matter where you went, there was always something marvel going on and as and as excited as i am to get to the food i'll 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 push that off just for a minute because i think we should talk about all the things that are on this navigator there was so much going on literally from nine o'clock in the morning until late at night and that's why it was almost important to start planning early that morning or even the night before because there was there was definitely a lot of overlap and some things were only happening once or twice a day. So if you've been to Comic-Con, Megacon, any con, you know you sort of have to pick and choose the things that you really want to do and schedule your day out appropriately. And and the blessing and the curse is we did probably 95% of what we wanted to do, but you couldn't almost do it all because there was so much happening. Now, you guys said you, you planned your day out before you even got to Marvel Day at Sea? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, oh, go ahead, Jeremiah. Go ahead, Chuck. I was just going to say, yeah, I, I sat there and I planned out the things, the must-dos is what I went through first. I have to do this, I have to do this, and then I left a lot of room in there depending on what my family wanted to do in case they wanted to do certain things. I was going to be nice and share my day with them. Um, but I did. I got to encounter most of my things I wanted to do, and then a few extras were thrown in there um, just because I had the time, which, which was great. Um, but like I said, I went through first. I picked out what I have to do. I have to do this one. I have to do this one. And there was no problem making the ones I picked like that. Yeah, it, they scheduled it very well. Uh, there were a couple of things that they doubled up on or tripled up on in some cases. So if you wanted to see that, but you had to do, you know, like Scott and I started the day with Marvel Origins, which was a great opening to the day. It was um Essentially, they went over the main characters in Marvel, and it was just a video presentation talking about, here's Spider-Man's origin, here's the MCU's origin, here's Marvel's origin as a comic company. And it was a perfect way to start the day and then move on to a multitude of other things to do all day. Yeah. I I was just going to say the origin thing was great. Jeremiah and I sat there. And uh, the lady kept saying, so did I teach you anything today? And Jeremiah and we both kind of just sat there like, 
it's cool to get a refresher. We knew (laughs) we were definitely the, uh, the expert people in the room, but what was cool about that is they had Lorraine sink and uh, Ryan from Marvel kind of running the show on a, on a video screen, um, going through the origins, which I thought was really cool to see them up there. People that we know from Marvel presenting Marvel on the ship, which was awesome. Yeah, so they had so and and obviously it, it was perfectly appropriate to start the day with that. And I, I saw it um, as well a little bit later on in the morning. I think they ran that two or three times during the day. I saw it later in the morning and I loved it because, yeah, we, we know 99.99% of the things that they're going to cover. But we just wanted to hear them talk about want to see the images on screen, want to hear those backstories. And again, I watched as much of the audience as I much uh, of the presentation um, this took place in the Buena Vista Theater. It was appropriate for all ages, which I loved. So little kids and entire families were in there. And like, probably, I mean, unless you, you had a different experience, like everything else, there was never an issue getting into something where you had to line up a half hour before or you were not going to get a seat. There were plenty of seats available um, for that, as well as pretty much everything else we encountered throughout the day. And I think because they had such a wide variety and it was spread out so much. Yeah. And they also um, doubling up like origins and um, the other things were, you know, it's Disney. They know how to plan this and they planned it perfectly. They, they didn't put origins in the Walt Disney theater, which is the huge theater because they didn't expect 2000 people to come and see at one time, but it was always just the perfect setting for really one of the best presentations each day or each hour. All right. I agree a hundred percent. They, they planned it perfectly. They didn't, um, they put the resources where they needed them the most. Um, and then the other thing that was going on the whole time where the, the Marvel movies were playing throughout the day too. I mean, it was just, if you didn't know Marvel, it was great. And if you knew Marvel, it was still great. There was just so much for either way, but Disney planned it perfectly. Yeah. So, I mean, if you wanted to go and duck into the theater or your stateroom, you know, my son and I ordered a, I had, this is probably my 17th cruise um, and I usually have a group. So I was, this was a very unique experience for me. I had never ordered room service for myself before, but we were, I know, stop it. But don't worry. I made up for it on this cruise. We ordered room service every night and we're watching Marvel movies, but on funnel vision, they had Spider-Man, the animated series, series, the Avengers Assemble animated series, Guardians of the Galaxy. They had movies later on at night. Um, and, and there was something for every age range and interest range. Look, so even in the morning, they had that little hero dash, which is their version of the diaper dash, which is held in the atrium. And... Uh, which is nice too. So if you're standing in line upstairs for to meet um, Captain America or Loki or Thor, you can look down into the atrium and watch the little Marvelites um, having their own little diaper dash right in the in the middle of the atrium. Uh, but there was so much going on throughout the day, whether it was shows, presentations, characters, interactive exhibits. It ran into the nights. Most things were fun for all ages, but there were still things that were specifically for um, some of the younger kids, maybe taking place in Edge or Vibe, as well as adults taking place in um, the adult sections later on. One of the things were um, was that the, the 
Marvel Comic Vault, which it's almost a bit of a throwaway, but I thought was really neat because in the Promenade Lounge, which is one of my favorite locations on board the ship, by the way, um, it was one of those on your own activities where you could go and they would they wouldn't give you they would loan you um, a big 12 inch iPad Pro. Pretty sweet, which was located with two different apps. There was a Marvel Choose Your Own Mark Quiz, which was a, um, a little interactive game you could play. And then there was the Marvel Comics app that had a huge selection of, of sort of, I guess, probably um, pre-vetted comics that you could read digitally on your own. So if you were a comic nerd and just wanted to, you know, play around, relax with the app where your kids wanted to read, you could. If you are just getting into it, you could do it as well. The thing that I did not see there, and I think was a good thing, was there was no instructions like, oh, if you like this, you can buy Marvel Unlimited. If you like this, you can buy Comixology. Is it a lost opportunity? Possibly, but I appreciate them not taking advantage of what could have been an easy way to get you to sign up for something else when you get home. You know that that it's there, but they didn't take advantage of, look, that day I would have bought anything, right? If it had Marvel, <laughs> I would have bought it. So I, I was cognizant of that fact. They would be introducing you when you were kids to an opportunity to consume, especially older comics at home, without leveraging how excited you are while you're and the ease of just swiping your card at sea. Oh, yeah. Definitely. That's uh, that's, I did notice that, that they, there was a lot of opportunities where I expected the sales pitch or the, but we didn't get it. And it yeah. was nice that they weren't pushing it down. Like, okay, now you've seen this, buy it here or do this. They, yeah. They, I mean, everything Marvel, it, we live in the age of you buy everything on the spot and I want to do the cosmicology, but again, didn't get a chance to make it to that. And I've done the Marvel Unlimited app and I've seen it. So I couldn't, I'm surprised they actually didn't have it like you, Lou, where it is the perfect opportunity. It's a, but I think this is, if you're on the cruise, you probably already have a good idea. I, I would probably say about 80 to 90% of the people on there were there for the Marvel more than the Disney cruise. So maybe they, they, they already knew, but it's a good way to help it. Yeah. And I, and I, and I look at it from a parent's perspective in terms of, you know, for those kids who want to, or are looking to be introduced to the comics, maybe don't live near a comic book store. Maybe you've just never done it before. Maybe you're interested in some of the older comics. I think those apps are a great way. Like for me, my world lives in the original amazing Spider-Man from the, the, the sixties and seventies. It's a great way to be able to read them without having to spend tens, hundreds, thousands of dollars on, uh, on old comic books. Uh, Also at the promenade too, they had the Marvel comic Academy drawing class, um, which would show you how to draw. Now, I, I didn't get to do that. Uh, I should be banned because I should never be able to hold a pencil in my hand. I have no artistic <laughs> ability whatsoever. But they were showing people how to draw Spider-Man and and um, some of the different characters. Um, uh, obviously, it's great to have your phone there. This way, you could just take a picture of it. You don't have to worry about trying to, to bring that home. But that, too, the drawing class... There was lots of opportunities. It was something that was free. You didn't have to sign up for advance. You could just walk up to it and play. 
Definitely. And being, I love to draw. So for me to get little tips, I, I went to, I did see him how to do Spider-Man and I go in there and I just wanted to learn the tips of how to do it better. I mean, I can sit there with a book and try to draw it myself, but just to see how they, the animation goes together to draw it the way Marvel does. It was just, it was fascinating to me. I mean, I've got all Stan Lee's book, how to draw Marvel characters and how to do that, but it was, it's easier when you see somebody do it and then just mimic their, their things to learn the, the pencil stroke and technique. Yeah. It's like, it was, I mean, for those who haven't done it, it's the animation Academy they do at Disneyland and Walt Disney world, but for the Marvel characters, which I didn't even make like, that was my day was I was almost on the aft side of the everything. Like I never made it to the promenade lounge. Either I was charactering or I was up on deck or in one of the theaters seeing one of the great presentations. Yeah. And I want to build up to some of those bigger activities. Um, and the one thing we should know too, is in addition to stuff that was fun for all ages, there was a lot of kids activities going on uh, in the ocean years club and in the ocean years lab. Now my kids, very quickly, as much as they used to love being and they were always afraid that they were missing something. So they so they never wanted to. My son, you know, was was thankfully by my side this entire time. But inside there, they had the Doctor Strange defy the dark dimension activity. You could become a shield secret agent. The Avengers Academy, that Iron Man experience was sort of that virtual um, you can sort of virtually come Iron Man and feel like you could fly and, and use your repulsors. There was also Marvel Trivia, um, which I think was in O'Gill's and also at the Promenade, where it was a trivia contest where you you write and score your own answers. I know, Jeremiah, you, we, you sat with us while we played at one point in O'Gill's. Um, you know, you're not playing for the, you know, you're not going to win a cruise. You're playing for the fun of it. You're playing for the the, the respect of your, your fellow cruise mates in, in playing. I have to correct you. You were playing for a keychain, <laughs> a keychain. <laughs> but it was fun. Like it, it was, you know, it wasn't a super competitive type of thing. It was just a fun activity. I think they had a great, um, a, variety of questions that even if you didn't know a lot you didn't feel discouraged you can get a few and then it obviously got exponentially harder as uh as the questions went on didn't you play later with your son and he beat you Lou? well so what we did and i'll tell you one of the most fun things that i had um one of the most fun times i had was they had the marvel super fan challenge which i'm looking i think they only did was it only once they did twice okay so the Marvel Superfan Challenge was really, really neat the way they did this. This was this took place in Fathoms, which is in the adult district. It's a it's a it's a large venue where everybody gets a chance to play at the very beginning. Everybody's given a little handheld device that lets you pl- punch in, <clears throat> excuse me, your multiple choice answers. After they go through a, fir- a, fir- a few initial rounds, they'll take the top ten people score to come up to the front uh my son was one i was one we're like oh this is pretty cool like nerd alert everybody gets a whiteboard genetic (laughs) (laughs) apple not fall far from tree um everybody gets a whiteboard so 10 people get whiteboards they ask another series of questions they narrow that group down to four they put those four of us on stage again my son and i are still up there you got a little sort of light stick lightsaber to sort of buzz in um again the questions continuing to get harder as you go on and it gets down to the final two 
and it's me and my son. And I'm like, this is cool. Like, as a dad, I was just beaming. Like, I just loved it for him. So the final two stand in the middle of the the room, and up on, sta- on screen, they have um, a quickly rotating set of images, and you have to try and identify the most number of Marvel characters that you can in that 30-second time. And now, these are not just ones, they're not going to show you Robert Downey Jr. from the movies. It's MCU, it's from the comics, it's from some of the Netflix stuff. It got very nerdy, very, very fast. Like, it is a super fan challenge. And my son beat me, like, he legit beat me. After we were done, he's like, Dad, did you let me win? I'm like, no, dude, you smoked your dad, like, fair and square. Um, and you were playing for, they gave a, a really cool hat and uh, a mug as well. And I loved every part of this, like, not just because, you know, we advanced, but I love the way that they did it. Everybody could play. The people who were in the audience were still participating and I'm going to get all choked up. Like from a, a dad perspective, I was so happy for my son because that night and even the next day up on Castaway Key, people would see him be like, oh, you're the kid who won. The- yeah, you beat your dad. Like he, It was such a good <laughs> moment for him. You know, he felt so special and, and I thought it was really neat. And I, and I just and I love how it was something that a, a large group of people could participate in as well. So which character did you miss that he got? Uh, he got like 17 and I got like 14. Like, oh, it's, so he's it's hard because <laughs> yeah. you know it. And then you're trying to like get the word out and then they've on to the next one. And it's, it's time the space time continuum goes much differently when you're standing up there trying to answer. Cause you know, the character sometimes, or you remember, and then you're already two characters passed by the right. time you get it out of your mouth. So yeah, they went pretty deep. They, they went pretty deep into the, and some of the ones he got, I had no clue. So good for you, kid. <laughs> well, I have to touch on us doing the Marvel trivia, you know, Gills. Some of those questions were next to impossible. But one of the things that killed us and we kind of threw a fit about it was <laughs> they had an inaccurate answer, which we kind of felt was a slap in the face. And it was what was Stanley's original name or real name? And Lou had it right away, and when they announced it, they were like, "Nope, that's not right." And <laughs> out their phones, like, "See, right?" But you can't be that guy because there was that guy who, like, because yeah. there was a very, very nerdy question at the end, and he's like, "No, technically, in 1962." And I was like, "Dude, okay, you got this. Don't worry, man. <laughs> we yeah. know." He, yeah, he had won like above everybody, but he was calling out like, "No, this is incorrect." We're like. You've already won. You don't need to make <laughs> make everybody feel bad. <laughs> this is coming from Lou and I, two people that have been those guys before. No, you're wrong. We were saying it to each other. We weren't saying it out loud. Yeah. So um, there was also the um, there was lots of, of of game show things. There was also, and I didn't get to do this. The Super Showdown. Did you do the Super the Super Showdown? Was it or no, that? I didn't. Do that. It was a super Showdown. Oh, I see it here. I have fathoms. It looks like is where they had it. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. I, I walked into it. No, that was in the D lounge. The D lounge had one also that was um, maybe that's more of a uh, um, family, not family feud, but Jeopardy. But okay. it skewed more towards the younger crowd. Okay. So, yeah. So something because, yeah, the kids, you know, if, if some of the young kids would have had a tough time participating 
in um, in that one. One of the things that I was really looking forward to, and I know you guys were, we were, we were in there together, is they did, in, in addition to some of the interactive experiences, they had a couple of presentations as well. You mentioned Marvel Origins. I loved, loved, loved the Meet the Marvel Masters presentations. Now, there was two different um, uh, folks from Marvel who was in there. Uh, Brian Crosby, who we know, and I'm trying to look and see with... Uh, I know I can't remember who it was. Well, no, and, and I can't. I can't even read it. Having it with my old man eyes. Uh, John Morrow. Bad, I can't see it. John somebody. John Morrow. So I, yes. I didn't get to see John Morrow. I've known Brian Crosby. Obviously, if you listened to last week's show, you heard the interview. I think we all went to go see Brian together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I dug that he could have gone on for hours, uh, and I mean that in the best possible sense because it wasn't just Brian's origin story in terms of of how he got to where he was sharing his fandom sharing some amazing images as well but a little bit about what is happening in the marvel universe in the parks at sea a little tease about what was coming Uh, and he's just the nicest most likable guy because Mm -hmm. he is one of us definitely yeah i've known brian for six i think seven or eight years him and uh one of the other imagineers or past imagineers josh shipley used to do a podcast out of wdi when they both worked for imagineering not about wdi but about comics and it would pretty much be them talking about going to their comic book shop down the road and what they'd bought so i started interacting with them and when they both helped create the disney kingdoms brands and Brian Crosby, Cros, as uh, the geeks know him, um, when he moved over Marvel, we knew that was his dream job. And I was lucky enough to run into him a couple of years ago before the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout opened outside of that. And he was out there with Joe Q and everybody from Marvel just giving them a tour. And you could just see his geek coming through so much that he's living his dream. And that was one of the best parts about the presentation was he shared with us how much he loves the company, both Marvel and Disney. Yeah. That's uh, when Jeremiah was, I, I didn't know Brian until the ship. Actually, I met him there. Jeremiah introduced us. And I've talked to him a couple of times since then and on the ship and just hearing his story was just, it blew me away. And it was funny because when we were in origins, me and Jeremiah were talking. I mentioned, I wonder if they're going to do anything for Stan, if they're going to do any kind of tribute for him. Oh, and yeah. then when Brian started his presentation, that was the first thing he did. It was like about a three minute uh, dedication to Stan. And all I remember Jeremiah looked at me kind of like it was like, there it is. We both were kind of waiting to see something with Stan. And we got to both see it at the same time, which was, it was just really cool. But just to hear his story of how he started um, and then learning his backstory about how he became an Imagineer and going from there, just it, it's amazing. Yeah, and I think it's it's for those people that wonder, well, hey, I you know, especially kids, I want to be an Imagineer. I want to go work for Marvel to hear somebody's journey about how they got it. He wasn't given anything; he earned it, and the way he was able to get in and work his way up um, is fascinating. And and he's just like the nicest guy on the planet too. So um, he, he really is. I learned more about his story actually listening to your interview with him from last week, um, which I knew some of it, but to actually hear the details and just how he entered a contest to become an Imagineer just. It, it blows me away that he was a, a security guard like, like you know <laughs> yeah exactly 
his dream became true because of a contest. Yep. Yeah, and Marvel really is like that was his big geekum long before Disney was comic books, as most of us were. So him living his dream and being able to talk to him. And that was one of the nice things about the presentation was, yes, he did the presentation, but afterwards he was sitting there and talking to everybody. He was on the ship with us. If you ran into him, you could sit down and talk to him. And he was always approachable and would sit there and talk to you forever. Yeah. Yeah. And it was funny, you know, seeing him throughout the the cruise on board, excuse me, talking to him as, you know, he wore many hats. He was there in a professional capacity, you know, sort of overseeing to a certain degree, I felt, and asking, hey, what did you guys think of this? Did you see this? Make sure you catch that. Um, he was there as a Marvel fan. He was there as a parent with his family. And, and I loved being able to to see that to a certain degree through his eyes. Um, but there was actually, you know, but wait, there's more in terms of entertainment and shows. And, and one of the things, and I'm sort of going in a weird order because I didn't know whether to put this in sort of the, you know, activity category or the entertainment category. But late night on the Disney Cruise Line, if you've, if you've gone in the past, sometimes you'll go to places like Fathoms, you'll go to Evolution on the Dream, some of the, the, um, some of the bigger clubs sometimes are not super busy. Like people are either tired or they're just going to some of the lounges. If you went to Fathoms, the night of Marvel Day at Sea, I have never seen it as packed and as high energy as it was. Because I don't know if you guys went there. They turned it into the Ravagers Club that night from Guardians of the Galaxy. And Star-Lord was there. Star-Lord was there, obviously, dancing with everybody. Gamora was being Gamora, arms folded, staying off to the side. But throughout the club, there was probably five to seven Ravagers who were climbing on chairs, sitting down next to you, interacting with you, you know, yelling out every time Star-Lord or, or Song talked about dancing. <laughs> Ravagers don't <laughs> dance. I dug it so much. They also obviously had a... Um, a themed menu with drinks like Mr. Blue Sky, the Sovereign Guardian, Spaceship, the Infinity Stone. So there was a themed menu, but there was a different type of energy in that space by calling it the Ravagers Club, by having a little bit of theming, um, and by having those characters in there. Yeah, it was lots of fun. We, um, we were in there for the opening and really didn't know what to expect. And you know, they started off with the, I don't remember what they called them, but the dance crew that was very high energy. And yeah, the Ravagers walking around yelling, Ravagers don't dance. Uh, Matt, the um, our entertainment host, was hilarious because every time they'd yell, they're like, okay, we understand. We get it. Stop. <laughs> um, other entertainment that was going on throughout the ship, like we said earlier, there were movies and an animated series on Funnel Vision in the Walt Disney Theater. Like my son and I went to go see Infinity War at like 1130 at night in the Walt Disney Theater. Not that we haven't seen it 87 times, but we just wanted yeah. to, to see it as well as the uh, Buena Vista Theater on Deck 5 had movies as well. But there was a lot of different live action shows 
that were going on um, throughout the day and the evening. Uh, one of them was the Doctor Strange journey into the mystic arts at the Walt Disney Theater where he would, this is where I wish I was a kid, he would pull up maybe 15 to 20 um, of the younger guests, I meet the height requirement, not the age requirement, on the stage <laughs> to don't laugh. And he taught them some of the mystic arts. And I dug this show because I thought it was the perfect length. The kids were involved. There was great effects going on on stage and around the theater. And it was fun. Whether your kid was up there or not, um, if you were a Marvel or Doctor Strange fan, I thought it was a really fun show. Yeah, I, I only got a chance to pop in there a little bit. Um, I mean, I had seen the shorter version that they did at Disney's Hollywood Studios two summers ago with the Mystic Arts. So I kind of expected that similar thing. Not at all. <laughs> the, the interactive and the uh, multimedia of it was amazing. Like, they turned the Walt Disney Theater into the Sanctum and... Doctor Strange was doing everything, teaching the kids amazing, you know, the the mystic arts. And it was, again, they they sold it so you believed it. It wasn't a uh, halfway effort. It was full or nothing. Yeah, it was a full show. It was no, it wasn't geared towards the kids or the adults. It was for everybody, and it was enjoyable. And the, like you said, the effects were just—they were great. Actually, I love the show. But being in the sanctum, and then there was the learning thing to teach people you need to listen to what you're told by your elder in that case. Yeah. They, they, they would listen to Dr. Strange. Everything would have been fine. But it was, just, it was just great to see the whole effect come together. The kids on stage interacting with Dr. Strange. I, I really enjoyed the show. And like, like you said, it was the perfect length of time. It didn't, didn't go too long where you got bored or anything like that. It just explained the story, what they were trying to show, and gave the effects to bring it all together. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised at the quality of the effects and things. Because you figure it's a short show. It's only once, or I think it's maybe three times throughout the day. But they clearly wanted to make sure that it, it met a certain standard. And look, if you're a parent or, or a kid and you're on, that's going to be the thing that you're going to remember. You know, that you were up on stage in the big theater with Doctor Strange. Um, and so I, I love that they have those opportunities and moments for parents and for kids. Um, I almost don't know which, I, I'm saving the best for last. Um, one of the things I, that was on the, it was on the, um, um, the navigator and I almost sort of dismissed it to a certain degree because I was trying to juggle doing some of the other things. But also in Fathoms, they had the Star Spangled USO show, which yes. was a, a salute to Captain America with, and I and I know I'm old. I, I dig that music from the 30s and the 40s, but it was performed by live singers and background dancers. You felt like you were watching a scene out of the USO show from Captain America, the first Avenger, and then spoiler alert, they don't tell you Captain America is going to make a, an appearance, but Captain America guest appearance. Again, I dug it because of the music, because of it was something that that uh, anybody could go and attend. It was something different because you don't normally hear that type of period music. And it, it was something you could just sort of sit back and enjoy. Yeah, I I walked in there not really knowing what to expect. And you're right. It was 
it was it should have been almost in the Walt Disney Theater. It was that big. Yeah. I, I understand last year when they did the first cruise, they had that set up in a smaller venue originally. And I think there was D Lounge or something. And then they would wait, let's move this to Fathoms, which was perfect because Fathoms is a nice nightclub with seats in the round. And the show was stupendous. The live singing was amazing. The dancing, mm-hmm. like they had four USO girls and two hosts and they sang, they did comedy, they danced the entire time. The really, the only thing missing for, that wasn't, that should have been there was cap punching Hitler, but they <laughs> couldn't, you know, didn't work out that well. <laughs> no. And when I saw it on, that was one of the things that, as you both know, I'm a captain America fan. So to be able to go see that show instantly took me back to the first Avenger and seeing Cap try to sell bonds um, to all the care or to all the people when he did the shows and things like that. And just, I had to go to it. And like you said, we didn't know Cap was going to be there. So when he came, comes out at the end, it just, that was the highlight for me. Just being able to sit there, watch, watch the singing, watch the recreation of a USO show. But then Cap coming out towards the end was just, it was great. And as I was walking in, Matt, the entertainment director was at the door. And as I was walking in, he goes, you're going to love this show because I had my capture release still on. He goes, this show was meant for you. So I, I took that and I'm like, OK, we'll see how it goes. And I walked in there and I was blown away again. Just it was perfect. This was definitely one of of the 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 biggest pleasant surprises for me. Like, I'm like, oh, this is probably be nice. And, and like you guys, I, I enjoyed it and was surprised much more. And I wish I almost could have seen like I didn't get to see the entire show. I just sort of like saw that the second half, because, again, we're sort of going from location to location. And the reason why I was late for this one was because I spent more time up on deck watching the Mickey and Friends superhero celebration, which was held in between the two dinner seatings up on deck nine. So this is the show uh, where Mickey and all his friends dressed, you know, sort of cosplaying as their favorite Marvel characters come out. This runs from about 7.30 to 8 o'clock, so you can catch it in between the dinner shows. And I sort of, after watching the the finale show, I almost looked at this one as, this is the one that is for everybody, super family and friendly. It's, you know, Mickey and the Fab Five coming out in sort of what you would expect a, a, uh, a Disney Cruise Line on deck stage show to be like with a little bit of a Marvel flair to it. Yeah, they it was it was very akin to like the Disney Junior or Disney Playhouse dance party type shows where all the characters come out, they get everybody interacting, they have fun, and they put put on a little show more themed for the kids to get excited than the adults, but seeing the characters was really great and it was just lots of fun. Yeah, that's what it was. It was just fun seeing. If you hadn't seen those characters throughout the day in their Marvel attire, this was your chance to see them all together up there acting. I, I still remember Chip and Dale as Thor and Loki, and just that that made me laugh. I don't know why so much, but watching them <laughs> act as Thor and Loki was just to me was hilarious. Right, and on a normal cruise, like that would have been the way to end the night. You have Mickey and his friends come out. They do their stage show. It's fun for the whole family. You see the fireworks and go on about your evening or call it an early night. But for me, far and away, and you can't see me, but I have a huge smile on my face. 
we were told, and certainly we weren't going to miss, the Marvel Heroes Unite show, which which started at 10.15. So it was a relatively late in the evening kind of show. Remember, we've been going since the crack of dawn, some of us all day long. Yeah. And, and yep. to be clear, there was no break in the action in a good way. There was, those characters, those Marvel heroes were out all day meeting and greeting and there's shows and there's entertainment. There's all this kind of stuff going on. 1015 comes. And again, we're hearing all day long over the announcements about the Stark Expo, which is sort of what this show is um, going to be. It, uh, again, a, a little tip. It says that it's a 1015 p.m. start time. It really starts with a little bit of pre-show about 10 o'clock. Tip, get there early, um, especially if you have kids. I love that they had a little kid zone right on deck that was sort of uh, taped off and roped off just for little kids to sit front and center, like very much into uh, the action. Look, this is the grand finale of the night, and it, without question for me, lived up to that hype. Yes, it is this sort of epic battle between the superheroes and villains, but what I loved seeing was the kids on the ground in costume, the adults in costume, but it was unlike other shows where it's the action taking place up on deck. They integrate those live performers with the screens on Funnel Vision, and I love how they were showing quote unquote live action that was taking place elsewhere on the ship. <laughs> they used characters on the funnels. The for the first time, and I don't know why I've never seen this before, the fireworks were not an appendix to the show. They were part of the show. So as these Hydra agents are firing their weapons off the side of the ship and they're launching out fireworks. I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. Um I well it Spoiler alert. Who cares? Yeah. Well, there's going to be spoilers. <laughs> so um, there were so many fun surprises in this show. You mentioned before how Brian had his tribute to Stan Lee. When Stan Lee shows up on Funnel Vision as the captain, there's this awe and then there's this applause, like such a respectful and appreciative uh, applause for that. Uh, for the first time ever, we got to see Captain Marvel. Um, there's the grand finale with all the heroes, but I will tell you, unlike Jeremiah, I don't like to be spoiled. I had no idea what was coming. I didn't look at anything about the show. No. <laughs> when uh, This is your last warning. Spoiler, when Red Skull showed yeah. up on the funnel, I, I looked up at my son who was watching from a different vantage point and we just, our eyes met. We're like, OMG, this is so flipping cool. Like, I thought... That when like Peter Parker was like he was Peter Parker, the reporter, but he was also Spider-Man. I, I, I said it on the it was far and away the best show I've seen at sea. And I think it even rivals some of the ones I've seen on land. Yeah, I, I said that. Uh, I mean, we had the chance to talk to some of the producers who were right next to us, seen it for the first time. And I turned to them afterwards. I said, this rivals anything that I've seen in any of the parks in a very long time. And just like you, Lou, when Red Skull appeared, I kind of lost. I was like, <laughs> okay, you know, yes, we have Loki as a villain, but Red Skull showing up was amazing. My, I, yeah, if you're listening to this point, just you're spoiled. You're getting spoiled. 
when Spider-Man is crawling on the funnel <laughs> to come out to Red Skull, I was just in awe. Like it was such a great show. Yeah, it was the show just it blew me away. And all we kept hearing about was wait till you see tonight's show, wait till you see tonight's show. So then we get in our spot and like like you just said, Jeremiah, the directors were behind us. They were sitting there waiting to hear our responses, I think, right away after we got done. And just when I saw Red Skull, I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is the greatest villain <laughs> they could bring out right now. <laughs> and to see him there and the just it looked like Red Skull, he had his full cloak on, and then he's the ultimate villain. I mean, he's one of my favorites in, in Marvel. Um, but then at the end, you see Captain Marvel come in and she flies across the entire boat from funnel to funnel to, to help on stage and help the other Avengers uh, win the battle. It just it, it was a fantastic show. The way they incorporate the fireworks into being like Tony takes off at one point. Uh, Iron Man, he has to go fight. So he takes off from the ship and you see his light taken off and he's out there fighting all the Hydra agents and everything and just. Just everything, the way it came together, just blew me away. And I turned around and Tony, the one show director, was right behind me. And I just said, you guys, this is the best show I've seen yeah. on Disney property in yeah. forever. Because you guys just, you took it up so many notches that it's going to be hard to surpass how good you did this show. I wish they could bring that somewhere, stage show somewhere on property. <laughs> right. I would love to see it again, <laughs> actually. Yeah, because as, as similar, it was so dissimilar to the Pirates in the Caribbean deck show that we've seen on pirate night you know on this cruise on other cruise because i think it, it it struck a brilliant balance for little kids who were there and they're like omg it's spider-man and loki like they're fighting right in front of my face and it was not so much it was entertaining for us legitimately entertaining for us as adults and marvel fans like there was a story and it made sense. And there was, you know, there was a story like every part of it. I loved and I found myself and I still am. I, I'm grinning ear to ear. Um, and I, and just I, I posted the video. If you if you don't think you're going to take a Marvel Day at Sea Cruise, you know, I'll, I'll link to the video because I thought it was that good. Uh, again, I'd seen the one that they've done for Star Wars. I've seen the Pirates one and those are fine. But this is on a whole different level. Like, if you need to take a nap during the day, do it so you can see this. Yeah, I mean, every star show, every superhero showed up um, from Captain Marvel to Captain America, and they all had a part. It wasn't a, wow, this is rushed, there's something wrong. It it was a great story. I, and like you were talking about with the live video feeds, when Spider-Man flies in Apollo at one point when he gets knocked in and he makes some joke about how good it looks and there are people eating in Apollo and you just see their faces like, what's going on? But it was just so much fun. That's what it was. The show was, it was just a fun show to sit there and watch. And we're sitting there all trying to record it, but I was trying to also enjoy it every minute I could because I knew I wasn't going to be able to see it right away again. Yeah. And it just... I can't I can't say enough good things about the show. Honestly, it it was the best performance I've seen, and to do that on a ship, yeah, I mean that that's what blows me away. That they did this on a moving vessel in the ocean, and it went off without a hitch. It was just it blew me away. Yeah, like you, I mean, I think we were all either you know uh, taping it or like you know you're. I wanted to you know you're watching the camera to make sure it's catching it, but you also want to watch it with your own eyes. Yeah, you know, and mm -hmm. to see because there are things that are happening 
you know, all around you, there's a reporter that's up on deck. She's broadcasting live and, and interacting with guests. Uh, just so, so well done. Uh, it was the, it really was sort of the perfect finale to that night. Um, now, that all being said, while that was without question one of my favorite parts of the day, how how have we been talking for so long and Lou Mangello has not mentioned food yet? I was about to ask <laughs> that myself. Because look, you think cruise, you should immediately think food um, because you come for the Marvel, you you stay for the food. And Marvel Day at Sea had special dining options, not just at dinner, but throughout the ship um, the entire day, including some food related accessories like and we'll talk about mop, uh, merchandise next like popcorn buckets and souvenir mugs and zippers and glow cubes um we mentioned when you went to cabanas in the morning there was nothing super special going on there but those signs were outside it was sort of starting to set the stage for the day there was food on board on deck throughout the day so if you went to uh, Pete's Boiler Bites. They had like an all-American, I'm using air quotes, Coney Island hot dog. They had a Mark, I think it was like a Mark 44 burger that had pimento cheese and bacon. It was on a red bun, which I guess was Iron Man-ish, Captain America-ish. Um, they had shawarma, which they always have, but it, it means more on yeah. Marvel Day at Sea. Um, they also had two cocktails they had a non-alcoholic non i really non-alcoholic mark seven two of the other alcoholic ones <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um which was a, a fruit juice one and they had a a hulk smash which was a um um an alcoholic beverage we mentioned the guardians of the galaxy menu for drinks were there any other on deck i i can't believe i'm asking if i missed any food but i did did i miss any other themed food throughout the day uh, other than what was at dinner at the pizza window i know they had captain america shield pizza yes that would look really cool yeah so they made his uh with uh blue i think it was blue corn chips on it to kind of bring the colors together to make it look like his shield on the pizza which i i sampled and it was good <laughs> so. how did i miss that I didn't do my job appropriately but so as you know on disney cruise line you are on a a dining rotation our rotation for that evening uh, had us over at Animator's Palette, which I think was probably uh, uh, the perfect place to do it. Uh, although we did see Rapunzel's Royal Table was when we saw it set earlier in the day for dinner. Even the the napkins were folded like an Avengers A. Yeah. So they brought a little touch um, into all the restaurants, but Animator's Palette was the perfect fit. The The logos were on screen. The Marvel scores were playing in the background. It was the ideal location for a comic book-themed dinner experience. And I've, I wanted to take... I didn't. I wanted to take a menu with me because it was in this high-gloss sort of multi-page comic book format uh, i took some of the kids menus you could take because one was shaped like <laughs> captain america's shield the other was they like thor's hammer they had little activities and stuff on it the servers were dressed in marvel ties and marvel vests but i i loved and i know it's silly but like, i just thought the menu was so cool not just because of the items on it but the way it looked like a real comic book but yeah, the, the attention to detail was amazing that they would actually create a comic book of your menu for the night. It was just, I wanted it all, as well. So, 
we were we were thinking the same way there, Luke. So I want to take that home, and put it in my collection. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just bringing up my picture of it, and it it's Marvel Day at Sea. It has Ant Man above the Marvel. It has um, all the characters around it, and my favorite parts were in the upper left hand corner where they usually put the price and the the date. It had July 1998 for when Disney Cruises launched, and the UPC code in the lower corner had the uh, the Disney Cruise Line logo Im- embedded in it. So it was there, like, you know, it's you're having lunch or dinner, and you're looking at the comic with all of the great breakdowns. And the I'm sure you'll go over each item, Lou, <laughs> but the menu was amazing and had some fun themes to it. Some were a little, uh, little stretchy, but <laughs> yeah, they were right. all pretty good. Right. I mean, it's hard to sort of create, you know, Marvel-themed food items without it it's you know becoming too much but so they had the the drink menu where you could avenge your thirst they had the avengers they had avenger appetizers with a black widow a black panther and iron man and captain america sections and each had a couple of different items in it so black widow of course when you think when you think black widow you think sliced smoked salmon and mushroom soup um the of course. <laughs> uh, for Black yeah. Panther, they had a, a kachumbari salad and Wakandan piri piri, which was a, um, a a chili marinated chicken. Iron Man had a salad and avocado soup. I don't know why. And Captain America had crab cakes and a farmhouse appetizer. Um, again, all the entrees, same thing. There was a Thor, Hawkeye, and Incredible Hulk. Uh, each had two different. Um, Nothing specific to those other than it's like the Mjolnir meatball and pasta and the roasted pork tenderloin huntsman for Hawkeye and Dr. Banner's greens and lobster salad. So it was kind of a a stretch. Scarlet Witch had soba noodles and regatta gnocchi, which which was very good. I, listen, I, we're not going to discuss how many of these we actually sampled because yeah. it was more than one. And they had lighter fare as well. Uh, for desserts, they had a collector's warm apple crisp, a bounty hunter, a ravager's devil food cake, and an awesome mixed sundae, as well as the Southern Knights signature dessert and the flora, the flora colossus sapling, no sugar added dessert um, again we, t- we mentioned the cocktails as well so without going too much into the food we've talked about you know uh, on past shows about how much we enjoy the food I-, I loved how the theming carried through whatever like I was so excited for this meal not necessarily because of the things that were on the menu but because of it was going to be the Marvel themed meal yeah it was fun um, I-, I loved the menu um yeah, I I'm not gonna lie. I probably tried two or three <laughs> different of each of the appetizers and the entrees, just picking off different people's plates. The dessert, though, uh, the awesome mix sundae with the Rocket Road ice cream and the <laughs> red velvet meteors and molten chocolate sauce was probably my favorite thing of the entire meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd have to agree. Dessert was the best part, but it was just great to see that the Marvel theming continued all through dinner and it never never slowed down. I mean, from I was sitting there trying to decide which Marvel characters entree I wanted to try the most. So I like Jeremiah though, I sampled everybody's on at my table. 
just to uh, get a little bit of a, everything. But Sunday was the best. <laughs> I yeah. will agree with you there. And I, 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 I may have ordered more than one appetizer and entree purely for research purposes. I did Clearly. not. Right. I did yeah, not do it because I was enjoying <laughs> it. Um, but look, let's let's get to. The really, really important stuff, you know, the the longstanding joke has always been, you know, at Disney World or Disneyland, every experience ends in a gift shop. That was not the case here, although there were many uh, merchandise opportunities, um, unlike some of the other uh, voyages and specialty voyages. That I, and as far as I know, you were not able to pre-order any merchandise here. And I'm I'm going to say something that I don't I actually wish there was even more merch like take yeah. my money. Like I'm yeah. here's my yeah. car. I wish there would have been more because really the, the one location you could find most of the merchandise was at sea treasures, which is on deck three Nero gills in the adult section that was open the entire duration of the cruise. I was almost hoping for something super like secret special to be rolled out uh, on the Marvel day at sea. Um, some of the items you could get were, with the logo, there were autographed books. Um, there was a few shirts, mostly for kids. There was maybe one or two designs for adults, um, hats, T-shirts, sweatshirts, jackets. They had costumes for kids. I, I There was a little part of me that wished they had some for adults, uh, some toys, lanyards, pins. Um, they had the Infinity Gauntlet and the Marvel Day at Sea logo mug. No Tervis. No Tervis this yeah. year. Um, buttons, door magnets, um, Popcorn buckets, the Spidey sipper, the patches. Don't ask me how many of these little Thor Mjolnir ice cube <laughs> things. I bought a lot because I'm like, these are awesome and they're a great giveaway. Um, there was an Avenger sort of um, a little cooler as well as a, a coin set. But Scott, I have you to thank for turning me on to <laughs> what I felt was the secret item. Um, they have these little custom name tags, right? So you can go to the Disney parks, you know, especially remember during star Wars weekends, I get named to, there was no sign for these. There was no, nothing in any of the navigators or anything, but there were two different designs where you can get a blue Marvel day at sea or a red Avengers Marvel day at sea name tag with your name and one of probably 20 to 25 different, locations and planets that you could originate from no I, I walked into the store and i was like you i was looking around the store to see what they had in my size or what i could purchase and i think i bought everything including the blanket which was the special um if you spent so much money you could buy the marvel day at sea blanket but then i got to the register and i had already bought more than i was probably comfortable with and then i saw the name tag behind the counter i was like how much are those? <laughs> so I just, I filled out the order form and he printed it. That was the coolest part is they printed it on demand. You didn't have to come back later or anything like that. He put it in the computer printer mine. Um, and then I had that and I, I showed it, I think to everybody after that point, I was like, look how cool this is that you could get this printed right here. Um, but the merchandise like you, I wish they would have had more. There, there was a, I, I said that on the ship. I was like, I wish there was just more stuff. And I kept waiting for more to get released on Marvel day. I thought maybe there'll be more trinkets or more, something. I think I did purchase everything I could. I know I've got the sipper, I've got the hammers, I've got the cooler bag. Um, like I said, the blanket. I think the shirt, the tie, or the shirt, the lanyard, the hat. I think I bought it all. Actually, so if they would have had more, I would have bought that as well. So, yeah, I I felt the same way, and I'm the same as you, Lou. 
I saw Scott's name tag and then I headed right there right away to get mine. And it was great because it's all the different locations were in the Marvel universe. Some were a lot obscure, some not so much. Like I ended up with nowhere from the guardians of the galaxy. And it was, it, I think I had more people looking at my name tag going, where'd you get that? Mm -hmm. than any other question I got. And I was like, you know, they had plenty of them, which is another funny thing because it's a ship and it's not the parks or this Disney store. They don't have a lot of merch space. So by midday on the Marvel day at sea, they sold out of the adult Marvel day at sea shirt. So good tip, buy whatever you want early and often. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, maybe, you know, um, <laughs> Maybe our dreams do come true and they'll have even more Marvel merchandise. At sea. And I think that's what it is. You know, you get so excited and you're having such a good time. You want to try and, you know, remember it any way that you can. My son almost had me convinced to buy that limited edition coin set that was in that acrylic. It was it was a limited edition of like 300. 300 I think yeah. it was like one hundred and twenty five dollars. Yeah. Obviously, if you're a platinum Castaway key member, I think you save ten percent 10 percent 15 percent somewhere around there um but yeah so we're not all platinum like you lou yeah i know <laughs> see you I need we need to go cruising <laughs> more that's all we need to cruise more um, um yes agreed um, but they did you know even like if you were going to see one of the shows like i said they had the popcorn buckets um i have my spot my light up spidey sipper and um uh you know the, the mjolnir ice cube things were just a few dollars each so it, 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 the, the prices for things were not crazy and then you're right you're already spending so much how do you not get the marvel day at sea blanket yeah right and then there was the iron man cup as well the, like oh the, right the mug too the, yeah, I forgot yeah about the mug. mug. yeah so i i did purchase every everything that they threw in front of me i, I couldn't stop <laughs> yeah I, I mean look obviously in case you can't tell by our reactions um you know marvel day at sea um, I, I think far exceeded our expectations. Um, I think if I had to sort of just, you know, wrap it up with a couple of things to note, you know, again, you have to remember going in, it is a it is a Marvel day at sea. Um, you know, we wish it could have been five Marvel days at sea, but it is one and there's so much to do while you're on board. If you're not a Marvel fan, you don't have to say, oh, I can't take a Marvel day at sea cruise because I'm not, I don't want to be inundated with the Marvel stuff. You know, there's plenty of things that you can do and avoid by staying on deck, by going to the spa, you know, dining locations, the adult section, Cove Cafe, or even just in your stateroom. You know, it's not like if you're not a Marvel enthusiast, you are, are going to be overwhelmed with it everywhere you go. If you are, um, you, I think we tried. I don't think you can see and do it all, which is a which is a really, really good problem to have especially if you want to do some of those characters interactions those lines can get long um the lines for thor and loki i saw um ran pretty long but to that point this is a great opportunity if you're a huge fan to let your inner fandom out you know there weren't just uh kids in costumes but adults as well and obviously and that's why i mentioned the merchandise you can't purchase you can purchase a couple of different ones for kids i think they had like a captain america and a hulk maybe hulk, yeah. but yeah i mean there were yeah and that's something actually we didn't mention too um at one point they did have a costume 
cavalcade parade and show with kids and adults in the atrium. Um, and, you know, it, it's a judgment-free zone. Like, there was a dude dressed like Ultron, like, silver paint on his face. Like, yeah. he went all yeah. in. <laughs> he went there all in. There was a Hulk, the- too, that he painted himself green. And by the end of the day, you could tell where he'd been sitting and touching <laughs> things because right. he wasn't quite as green. <laughs> um, let me see. What else? Uh, any other sort of uh, thoughts about the cruise or tips to get the most out of it? Um I know the one question I keep getting asked is I'm not a Marvel fan, but my husband or my children are, will I have fun? And my wife's not a huge Marvel fan. She goes to the movies. She knows the basics, but she's not a huge fan into it all. But for her, the ship was filled with Tangled the days prior to Marvel day at sea. So to her, it was the perfect cruise because she got to enjoy what she loved. Then there's the one day of all Marvel, um, which she actually did enjoy it. There was no problem. So that's the one thing is, Go into it with the open mind that even if you don't like Marvel, you're going to have a fun day as long as you keep your mind open to to explore what what the ship has to offer that day would be my advice. Yeah, my biggest advice would be as soon as you get on, I mean, I'm sure all three of our sites and every other site that possibly has done anything has posted to the navigator and those don't really change. Plan your day. Like if you don't look before you go, when you get on the ship, bring up the app, go to that day, highlight what you want. It gives you reminders the night before you get the navigator. And just like all three of us, we sit there and go <laughs> over it and double check everything because there's so much to see and do. You will not see everything, but there are definitely the highlights, you know, the evening show, the USO star spangled show was one that we all kind of walked into thinking, Oh, it'll be interesting. And was one of the highlights of the night. So the pre-planning is the biggest thing and yeah, bring lots of extra money for Mjolnir's <laughs> and uh, the extra souvenirs. Definitely. Yeah. So what do you think um, if you had to look back, what's the one thing uh, from your Marvel day at sea that you enjoy the most? For me, it would be the the show Marvel Heroes Unite at the end of the night. Just, it was, it was the perfect way to finish that day off. Um, like I said, I, I just can't say enough good things about the show. There was no part of it where I go, oh, they could get rid of this. or get, I mean, just from beginning to end, the show was perfect the way it was done. And I don't know how they could ever really improve on that. I'm sure they will. It's Disney. They'll figure out a way to make it even better. But it's it's phenomenal. And if if you have to, like you said, if you have to take a nap in the afternoon to make sure you stay awake to see that show, do it. Because it's worth it to see how they present that. Uh, for me, I loved the deck shows and everything. But the Meet the Masters, um, Brian Crosby, uh, I didn't get to see the earlier one, but I heard that the other presentation was just as amazing. To see somebody that works for the company and express their love. And one of the things that we kind of glossed over was in the presentation we all saw, Brian Crosby hinted at what's possibly coming down the line for the parks, but also showed us highlights of the ant-man and the wasp attraction in hong kong that i think they just released that morning so we hadn't seen it because we were all on a ship so we got to see what was going on across the country across the world uh, that we are all one of the first people to see just because we we chose to go to a special presentation and you guys hit on the exact two things that i would have mentioned um i loved having the meet the masters presentations because 
not only does it sort of of humanize it and and make it understandable and relatable and and the people who truly make all of this stuff happen but you're right that nighttime show was such fun and such a pleasant surprise which is really what this cruise for me was full of was lots of little surprises not just things that were on the navigator but things that i would sort of encounter along the way um you know i I have done a, a number of cruises and i'm not just saying it but like this very much um was one of my favorite voyages i've ever taken because of what was happening on board the ship sometimes you enjoy a cruise look i love alaska because it's alaska and it's amazing and i love the wonder i love the magic she's my favorite ship because she's smaller i love the enhancement that they've made but now with marvel day at sea um it very very quickly jumped up on my list of favorite voyages i've ever taken and being able to do it with my son and with friends made it all the better uh, is this something you guys would do again would you do another marvel day at sea yeah absolutely yeah uh next year you know whatever happens i will find a way to get on one just because it is you know it was only my second cruise but it did blow me away i i don't think and i've said this to friends i'm like yes i want to do the star wars day at sea just to compare it but star wars is a small corner where marvel is this huge overwhelming thing that can do a day or like they could have done both days at sea as full Marvel. And I felt that there wouldn't have been a repeat, but I would do it just to see what they can top, which is, you know, you already have the best ice cream in the world. Now they're just going to try to find better flavors. No, I agree hundred percent. No matter how I, I will figure out a way to get us on the ship for next year for sure. Cause I, I just have to go see it again. I actually already paid my $200 down payment on the ship. So I had that already <laughs> right. put aside um, to help pay for it next year. So there will be, a, we will be on the ship again. There's no doubt to see that. Yeah. So this year in 2019, there, there are 10 voyages that run through January. There's four in February and two in March. We don't know of the 2020 dates yet. And hopefully Fingers crossed. You never know what I might be planning. Um, they they do the Marvel Day at Sea out of New York. So would like to do that. Uh, start off oh, my mind thinking of ideas and just all yeah. the cool stuff we could do <laughs> in New York as well. Uh, but guys, I cannot thank you enough for not just sharing the experience with me and my son um, on board the ship. We had such a good time getting to, to hang out together, but more importantly, to, to come on and uh, share your thoughts and your experiences here with us. Scott, they can find you over at TheMainStreetMouse.com. And Jeremiah, they can find you over at LaughingPlace.com. I'll link to both of your guys' stuff in the uh, in the show notes. And hopefully we can uh, we can do this again. We have to nerd out. We have to bring our comic book fandom together one of these days soon and yeah. go to Megacon. We'll have to go meet up at Megacon this year. Sounds That's good. an idea. Cool, it man. is. Thank you do guys again. Thank you. Excelsior. (laughs) It's time for our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, where I would normally test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history, details, secret stories, or food locations for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Last week, and maybe this week, I mixed things up just a little bit. So, But before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. 
So last week, I interviewed Brian Crosby, the creative director for Marvel-themed entertainment, tied very much directly into our show this week. And so last week's trivia question wasn't really a trivia question at all. Um, I wanted to keep it Marvel-related, but more importantly, I wanted to hear from you. So I asked you that if you could be any one Marvel superhero, it could be from the films, cinematic universe, the cartoons, 70s, the really weird Japanese show from the 70s, Adam Warlock or Beta Ray Bill or She-Hulk or Shang-Chi, anybody you wanted it to be, all you had to do to enter for an equal chance to win was one, like the WW Radio Facebook page, and then go to our Box People group at www.radio.com slash community and reply to the post that I had about this question right there. I randomly selected one winner from all those that replied, and first and foremost, thanks to the nearly 400 of you who entered, had some very creative logic and reasoning as to why you chose. Some of you put in some GIFs and some animations and some pictures. I love it. I dug the conversation that took place. And again, last week, you weren't just playing for the books and the audio tours and the vinyl stickers and the pop socket. And I'm going to throw in a t-shirt too. But I also said that I brought back some pretty cool stuff from the Marvel Day at Sea Cruise. One of my favorite things, I brought back a lock. I'll have a bunch to give away. But is the little light-up Thor Mjolnir hammer ice cube thing. It's probably about four to five inches long. It lights up and glows and changes color. I just thought it was cool. That's why I bought so many of them. That and maybe another little extra Marvel Day at Sea surprise will go into your prize package. So without further ado, last week's winner randomly selected is... Samantha Caravella. And Samantha, you actually had a very unique answer. And I think you're the only one who said, who actually asked for permission to say May from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You actually asked if she counted. I think she does. You said she's so independent and strong, but she has a softer side that came out in the last season. I dig the answer. I appreciate you entering. Send me your shipping address and I will get your prize package out to you right away or I'll reach out to you on Facebook. But if you played last week and didn't win, that's okay because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World. Once again, not so trivial challenge. And yeah, I have more Mjolnir's too. So part of the fun last week for me was not necessarily testing your knowledge of Marvel fandom and geekdom and cinematic universe dumb and comic book dumb, but really getting to hear from you, getting to know you, having some great conversation in the Box People group, which is what I hope to do. This week, we're going to do something a little bit different, but I also want to continue to make it easy for you to enter and win. Right? Because I said, I know you're not all geeks and Marvelites yet. We're going to try and change that. So I want to make it simple for you. So to enter, all you need to do this week is the following. We're going to move from Facebook to Instagram. All you need to do first is follow me on Instagram. I am at Lou Mangello. I'm going to post a photo about this week's podcast as I do every week. All you can do is follow me there, like the photo, and comment and tell me one thing that you'd love to experience most during Marvel Day at Sea. Then, you also need to tag a friend in your comments who loves Marvel and or Disney Cruise Line and who you think you'd like to have take a Marvel Day at Sea cruise with you and invite them to listen to the show as well. 
right? So you have to do all four things. Follow me on Instagram, like the photo about this week's podcast, comment, and tag a friend. Every person who does that will be entered to win. Now, this week, because this is our big Marvel Day at Sea recap and review show, the prize has to be equally as, you know, I'm going to say it, marvelous. So, I am going to put in another Thor light-up Mjolnir, I can't even call it an ice cube thing because it's more like a cool decorative collectible. I'm also going to give you, I hate to part with it, but I dig it, I'm also, because I got an extra one, I'm also going to give you one of the light-up Spider-Man sippers, you know, that's close to my heart, a Disney Cruise Line bag, a Disney Cruise Line pop socket, a Disney Cruise Line waterproof case for your iPhone, which comes in really handy at Castaway Key, a Disney Cruise Line luggage tag, and you are going to be the single one and only recipient for the one and only one of a, even I don't have one, a WW Radio custom engraved name tag. We talked about it on this week's show. I thought it was the coolest, most unique item, and I convinced the cast member to let me put WW Radio on the name tag from Terra, which is Earth, and you never know what other Disney and Marvel goodies I might include. Wait, you know what? I'm going to throw in, wait, I just, I'm looking at it uh, over on the shelf. I'm also going to include the Marvel Day at Sea popcorn bucket as well. Who knows what else I might gather to put in. So you have until Sunday, February 3rd. You only have one week to enter. Again, follow me on Instagram. I'm at Lou Mangiello. Like the photo about this week's podcast. Comment there. Tell me something you'd like to experience during Marvel Day at Sea. And you have to tag a friend in the comments who loves Marvel or Cruise Line and who maybe you'd like to take on a Marvel Day at Sea cruise with you. So good luck. Have fun. Enough said. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so very much for joining me along the way during our Marvel Day at Sea cruise and today during the recap with me, Scott, and Jeremiah. I'm also going to post a whole bunch of photos in the show notes over at www.radio.com. More importantly, I want to hear from you. What do you think about the show Marvel Day at Sea? Go to www.radio.com slash community. That's the Box People group on Facebook. That's where I want the conversation to take place. Also, be sure to like the WW Radio page on Facebook. That's where you're going to get all the latest updates, blog posts, and podcasts. That, of course, is Facebook.com slash WW Radio. I also want to say huge, monstrous thanks to all of the amazing people who are part of our WW Radio Nation family. I sincerely appreciate your love and your support and your friendship and your help, as well as being able to give back to you and thank you for everything that you give to me and the show each and every week. I want to thank some new and some longtime members of the Nation family, including Jimmy Swoop, Mark Thompson, Courtney Schubart, Jimmy Kenny, Justin Carrington, Quincy Julian, Michael Nip, Bess Auer, Avi Patel, Beth Hausberger, and Aaron Andes. I appreciate all of you who are part of the family. To find out how you can join the fun, join the Nation, and get exclusive rewards every month, I create a brand new scavenger hunt. We have a private Facebook group. There's magic band covers, logo gear, t-shirts and backpacks and, and shirts and whatnot. You also get 
exclusive live video group calls every month where it's not just me, but all of us get together in the room and talk about all things Disney and Marvel and anything in between. You also get exclusive early access to special events and some WDW Radio Nation only events. I have a few planned for this coming year. Also, don't forget that a portion of your contribution does go to our Dream Team project, which benefits the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. To find out more, to be part of the Nation family, go to www.radio.com slash support. You can also connect with me everywhere on social. I'm at Lou Mangello on the Twitter and the Instagram and the Pinterest and the LinkedIn. And I'm probably missing somewhere else. Be sure and visit the site at www.radio.com. We have an amazing team of incredibly talented and gifted and diverse blog writers. You can also subscribe to our free email newsletter where you can find out all the news you need to know first. And by subscribing, you also get my free book, 100 Things to Do at Walt Disney World at least once, just for subscribing to the newsletter. And of course, you know, as much as I love connecting and talking with you online, I believe nothing beats a handshake and a hug. That's why I continue to do Meet of the Month every month in Walton's World. Our next one is going to be over Princess Marathon weekend. It will be Saturday, uh, February 23rd. Stay tuned to not just the newsletter and social media, but the Facebook page for time and location. We also have other events upcoming not just in Walt Disney World, but around the country, around the world, and at sea. We have two spots left for our October Adventures by Disney to Japan. We have our cruise out of New Orleans in February 2019. We've got D23 Expo coming up this summer, and we're working on a few other things with me and my friends like Becky over at Mouse Fan Travel that we are going to announce very, very soon. I also do meetups on the road as I travel to speak and if I can come to speak and help your business, your conference, your event or your school, visit lumangelo.com. There you can find out some of the different speaking topics that I can bring um, to your business or your organization a lot of which involve Disney and how they deliver exceptional customer service and how you can in your business as well, as well as leadership lessons learned from Walt Disney. Lots more. Again, you can find all that at LouMangelo.com, including more information about my Momentum Weekend Workshop. That's September 28th and 29th. It is a two-day workshop with Optional Mastermind here in Walt Disney World, limited to just 50 people, where I help you and with, uh, with the help of other speakers and entrepreneurs in the room, help you turn what you love into what you do. So if you have a blog, a vlog, an idea, a brick-and-mortar business, an online store, or you're just getting started, we can help you turn your passion into your profession. I'm going to announce one of our keynote speakers very, very soon. Again, that's September 28th and 29th. And stay tuned. I have rescheduled our 10-person weekend retreat in Walt Disney World for this summer. I will announce it to past attendees and WW Radio Nation members this week. They get first access, and then I'll open it up to everybody else next week. So stay tuned to that weekend retreat in a three-day luxury vacation home. It's sort of like a weekend mastermind session. I'll announce all those very, very soon. Uh, thanks, as always, to Becky Mankin and her team from Mouse Fan Travel. To whether it's a Disney destination or anywhere on the planet, they give you exceptional personal service, which is their hallmark. You can find them at mousefantravel.com. And you can subscribe and order back issues to Celebrations Magazine by going to celebrationspress.com. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, you prove that every single day, every single week. All I ask 
is that if you like the show, and I hope that you do, and if you don't, tell me what I can do to improve it. But if you do, please help spread the word, right? That's how the community and the family grows. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share a link to this or your favorite episode. Tag me on Facebook. And if you can, it takes like 27 seconds to rate and review the show over on iTunes. I want to thank some recent reviewers like James in the ATX who says Lou's legendary. I don't know about that, but he says, I'm not very familiar with the history of Disney podcasts, but I'm pretty sure Lou's one of the founding fathers. Yeah, man, I go back to like 2005, like I'm old school. Lou loves, loves Disney. Very true. It's easy to tell his knowledge of the parks. The history is never ending and he's able to discuss various Disney topics for hours true, which make for an awesome podcast. I only wish they were more frequent. My only complaint. Thanks, Lou. Um, listen, every week, I promise, M. Desi says, just like being in Disney, Lou does an incredible job making a show informative and fun. His podcast has gotten me through some gloomy times. I'm sad that you had to go through them, but I'm happy they brought you, like I said, a little smile, a little bit of that Disney magic. And C.P. Murphy says, it's my favorite. I love the podcast. I always feel like a little bit of Disney magic is brought into my car rides when I listen to it. Keep it up. Smiley face, C.P. Murphy, M. Desi, and James and ATX. Thanks to you and everybody else who has left a rating review. Just search for WW Radio on iTunes or go to www.radio.com slash iTunes. I'll show you exactly how and where to do it. And finally, and most importantly... You are what is most and who is what is most is important to me. I do this show for and with and really because so many of you are, are part of the show each week by you as well. And it's important to keep in mind what and who is important in our lives and more importantly, spend time with who and do what is important to you. Look, you can always make more money. You can, you can never make more time. And we never know when our time is going to run out. So spend it with the people that you love, doing what you love. And if there's some way, maybe, that I can help you in that regard, reach out to me and I will do whatever I can. It is the least I can do to try and say thank you to you for so many years of, again, the love and the support and friendship you show just by virtue of you being here. I hope that you enjoyed this week's show. I hope that this is your best week ever. So until next time or Wednesday night on a live show, have a great week. See ya. Hi, Lou and listeners of the WDW Radio. My name is Christina Cross and I'm from Merrimack, New Hampshire. I've been a WDW Radio listener since 2013, but this is the first time I've ever called in. I'm calling today to let everyone know that I have recently joined the WDW Radio Run Team and will be running in the 2019 Disney Princess Half Marathon with my sister, Carolyn, who's also an avid listener and the person who introduced me to the podcast. I'm an actor in New England area, which, as you can imagine, can be a very discouraging profession. So I'm using this race to help celebrate a milestone birthday, which also happens to be today and to remind myself that I can overcome the obstacles that life puts in my way and still accomplish big goals. Lou's mantra of staying positive and continuing to move forward to accomplish your goals are definitely some that I try to live by. So I want to thank you for those weekly reminders and for your continued support and encouragement on this next leg of my journey. Thanks again, everyone, and have your best week ever. Hi, Lou. My name is Elizabeth, and I am from Boston, Massachusetts. 
And I just wanted to call and let you know I've been a um, listener now for a year, and I totally get it. I am just as crazy as Jimmy as all your podcasts have uh, proven to be, and your knowledge and expertise has gotten me through so many days and long car rides. You have no idea. Um, I'm actually just getting back from the world. Um, I was there watching my sister at a cheerleading competition. She was there for her college nationals. And um, unfortunately, due to all the crazy snow we've had here in Boston and the surrounding areas, she is now stuck there for two more days. And um, because of the expertise you have given uh, me and my family who loves to listen to your show, I have been able to call her throughout the day and give her some fun facts, um, some history, and just some extra magic as she has kind of wandered through the parks uh, with some teammates, which has made her experience. I think, a little bit more enjoyable. Um, so thank you so much. Um, I appreciate all you've done. And, yeah, I know I'm a first-time caller, but a long-time listener, and I appreciate all you've done. Um, so, yeah, stay magical and have a great day. Thank you so much. Bye. Good morning, Lou Mangello. It's Gabby Naldo from Columbia, Maryland. It is just about 6.30 on Thursday morning here in Columbia. Um, so I just want to wish a congratulations to all the 5K runners this morning. Y'all are probably done at this point or getting close to being done. Um, and I just wanted to wish the rest of the WW Radio running team an awesome marathon weekend. Um, just have a great time out there. I wish I was there, but I have committed that next year I will be running my first marathon. So have a great weekend, everyone. Stay warm, get lots of rest, stay hydrated, and have a great rest of the week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Morrison from Flower Town, PA. I listened to the Alice Davis interview. That's where I'm at. Actually, I'm a little bit past there going backwards, which is in the 190s. Uh, it was great, great interview. She's awesome, and I so loved listening to her stories. I just love when you when you talk to all of the Disney legends. It's so much fun to listen to to their experiences and and how they got to where they were. Um, and her interview was awesome. I know that you had been talking about it quite frequently, and and so I was looking forward to finally getting to it. So it was great. The interview this week. Um, was awesome as well. All the Marvel stuff. I'm so excited, so excited for Marvel. I just watched Thor Ragnarok last night with my son because he's working his way through the universe, and that's where he's at. And also, ooh, 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 I know, I know. You guys have to come up here for the Marvel exhibit at the Franklin Institute. You have to, have to, have to come. I just heard a commercial for it today on the radio so you gotta gotta do it make it happen i'll take you to get cheesesteak all right or you can go run up or walk up the art museum steps and um take a picture with the rocky statue so take care everybody one smile my dog's barking bye-bye